Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Women in Tech. I want to talk about passive aggressiveness today. We've talked before a lot about toxicity, passive aggressiveness, being one of the people receiving that trauma. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the experience of workplace trauma and what some of the causes are. Today, I want to talk about our passive aggressive behavior, right? Something as leaders that I hope we aren't doing intentionally, but every now and then we will. And I include myself in this, by the way. And one of the things that we need to be looking out for as leaders as we grow and develop, especially when we're having a bad day. This came up because a couple of weeks ago, I stumbled across an article about passive aggressive emails. It got me thinking about passive aggressive behavior in the workplace and particularly triggered me, if I'm honest, because this article called out something that I use a lot. <laughs> so let's dig in. Um, if you want to read the article, it's by, on CNBC and I'm going to pop the link in the show notes. And it talks about how phrases we use may sound passive aggressive and how we need to communicate instead. The one that I use that stood out that really like was like, oh gosh, is I will say to people regularly bumping this to the top of your inbox. Here's why I say it. I say it because I personally appreciate that. <laughs> My inbox, I get hundreds of emails every day. I do try and read them all. I have a team helping me read them all. I will say that now. But uh, yeah, sometimes I know that I appreciate somebody going, you've dropped the ball on this. This is something we can do. So reading that, putting bumping to the top of the inbox for some people has passive aggressive underheads. I was like, oh, okay. And so this is, this is what I want to dig into today. The world of passive aggressive behavior is complex at best. If we ignore it, we are almost certainly being passive aggressive. And even if we're trying our best, and I certainly would count myself in that latter category, we're still going to mess up from time to time. And that's okay. What matters, I think, is the cumulative damage I would say certainly that my team um, and I hope the broader community that I interact with are forgiving of the mistakes I make because they are few and far between. But if you're not paying attention to this, they're coming boom, 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 boom all the time, then your audience is not going to be as forgiving. They're going to have less resilience. They're going to view everything you do as more toxic. And we, I, it's really about digging into what can we do as leaders to minimize this trauma Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. So let's start off by defining what exactly we mean by passive aggressive behavior in the workplace. It's those moments which we've all had, we're all succumbed to this one, when we say one thing but mean another. Often pointing out something we know the other person is fully aware of hoping they'll take the hint because we are annoyed. And this is the bit where it's toxic. We're annoyed, but rather than dealing with the head on, we give this subtle dig. It's subtle, but it holds a lot of impact. And what I would say as a leader, it is your job to be deliberate, not subtle. Either back off because you're not prepared to tackle the issue or tackle it head on. Call it out for what it is. That's one of the things I've really come to as a coach. I believe now that calling out is part of our job. Why I train leaders to become coaches is because part of what we need to do is 
call things out when they're uncomfortable. But passive aggressive is a communication style that's deliberately indirect. There are specific tactics that we use that make it hard to spot a lack of initiative. And it means that we can dig in certain ways and make people feel very uncomfortable. And that indirectness causes all sorts of negativity and negative feelings. And the key thing is intentions are not clear, which is why it comes across as so toxic. But it destroys the work environment and the workers who participate in this toxicity and all of us do it to some extent. It's a matter of how much we do it. But if there's a culture of passive aggressiveness, it's going to impact productivity. It's also going to make people come across as more self-centered. If you are being passive aggressive, you are going to come across as self-centered. It's also going to make those people around you behave more self-centered rather than to the needs of the organization. So let's talk about some examples of it. Right? Given one already that bumping this to the top of your to-do list, the unhidden piece is you didn't deal with this already, right? So what about other things? Well, somebody who always forgets deadlines or misplaces important documents, procrastinates, is inefficient. We can spread rumors about them. We gossip. Maybe they are complaining and gossiping and we do it back. And we can find ourselves in this place of saying things that kind of cut under them, such as, it appears you've dropped this important task. That's passive aggressive rather than saying, hey, you've not been doing this, calling them out on their procrastination, right? As leaders, it is so easy to be passive aggressive. We're frustrated at the lack of progress. We ourselves feel underappreciated. We feel like people are criticizing us when the criticism should be on them. We feel like people are intentionally delaying work and these things sneak up on us and make us angry and upset. And so it can feel much easier to give that backhanded, sarcastic comment, maybe gaslighting with some sarcasm as well. And this is why one of the things I say to people like, is we should never be sarcastic in the workplace. I say this as a Brit married to a very sarcastic man. And I sometimes feel like I never know the sarcasm in the room. <laughs> a lot of my family will joke that they, they can say things and I have no idea they're being sarcastic. But I actually came to this need to, let's get rid of sarcasm in the workplace well before I realized how I don't notice sarcasm as much as most Brits. Because I was like, I don't actually know what you're saying. When you're being sarcastic, what are you actually saying? Part of our job as leaders is to be on point, is to say the truth of the situation, not to hedge our bets and talk a little bit around the topic and give this backhanded negativity Get explicit. That is our job. When we are sarcastic, when we're negative, we're creating an environment of unhealthy competition potentially, and we make teamwork difficult. The other big reason why I see passive aggressive behavior coming out in leaders is because of this need to people please and avoiding conflict. A lot of the time when we're frustrated with the team's performance, there's that risk of taking that frustration out in different ways, right? So instead of having a conversation with an employee and explaining your frustrations, you aim to keep the peace, but you're tempted to make it clear that you're not very happy. And so you give this confusing, passive aggressive feedback. Your leadership style affects everybody in the workplace. So if you find yourself showing passive aggressive tendencies, you're frustrated. That's the key thing to be looking out for. Do some self-coaching. Are you frustrated? Are you annoyed? Are you wishing that you could say something? Notice that. Level up your self-awareness. Notice your attitude and your reluctance to communicate effectively. 
Because when you are doing that, that's detrimental to employee morale, trust, it breathes this toxic environment. By the way, if you are being passive aggressive, other people are going to follow your lead. And so really watch out for this because when you do this, it's miscommunication. And as we've already talked about this decreased productivity, but it's also a form of bullying and it leads to burnout and stress. We also know that it can trigger ADHD symptoms, depression, and it's extreme case substance abuse, personality disorders. I even see people using passive aggressive behaviors to scapegoat in an organization. So they don't accept accountability for the team's mistakes. They like to pass the blame on. I see a lot of poor managers, deliberately use the word manager here, not leader, use passive aggressive behavior to pass the blame on so they don't accept it. Ultimately, as a manager, as a leader, you are in charge. You own responsibility. Using passive aggressive behavior to pass the buck is not acceptable. But here's the thing, like me, sometimes we don't realize we're acting this way. It's unintentional. But feelings of insecurity or fear in our own role can exacerbate it. But there's also an element of where we use things in a genuinely good intention way. Like I, I truly believe I don't give in to passive aggressive behaviors deliberately anymore. I say anymore because I'm sure I did 10 years ago. Probably blank that from my memory. <laughs> but I would say today it is never intentional. But some of what I say comes across that way. And um, we need to have a look at that. So the first thing is to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, I love to say that around here. If you are uncomfortable or saying something is inconvenient or you feel the need to hyperconform to the way it's always been, there's workplace rules and policies that are strict that mean that you feel that you can't say something, you need to check yourself here. You need to look at what is going on, why you are reluctant to say upfront the situation that is causing you frustration without being frustrated. That's the tactic we have to always keep in mind here. As a leader, you have to check your emotions at the door. You have to get across the issue. Remember your frustration is an emotion, but it's caused by something going on. What is the something going on? Why is your team not doing what you need them to do? Check in on that. Start there in the conversation, but leave your frustration, that negative emotion at the room. That's that self-coaching piece. Then if you've got a coachable team member, you actually want to coach them through moving forward. But as long as you're stepping back and saying, I can't deal with this. This is uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. We don't tackle things this way around here. We don't have a culture of calling things out. You're going to be tempted instead to use a sarcastic version to express your anger, frustration, and fear. You're going to suppress those negative emotions instead of having healthy communication. And you're going to discourage expressing emotions with the rest of your team. And I say, as a leader, you need to check your emotion at the door. That doesn't mean you don't show emotion, but you check it, right? You hold it, you decide if it's useful to share it, and you control how much you share. You do not overburden the person in front of you with your negative emotion because it's your problem, not theirs. That is the difference with a leader. The leader says, what is useful for this person to know in terms of my emotional state rather than I need to share my emotions because I'm out of whack right now. That is not the job of a leader. The job of the leader is to bring everybody along irrespective of what it takes. That's why we're paid more. <laughs> That's why it's more stressful. That's why we have more responsibility. It's also why we do great things because we take that burden on when the person potentially reporting into us is not able to do that. So I want you to be checking in on this temptation to express negative emotion and resort to passive aggressive behavior. 
If you think maybe that you've been tempted to do this, you have done this, be honest with yourself. You don't have to share it with anybody else. This is a conversation inside you. If you've got a coach, I would really encourage you to bring it to your coach. If I'm your coach, bring it to me, right? (laughs) Remember, a coach should be a safe space for you. We're not going to judge. That's not our job here. But if if you don't feel safe enough to do that, just have an honest conversation with yourself. Have a look at when have you been tempted to resort to passive aggressive communication? Why? What were you afraid of saying? What do you wish you could have said if you weren't afraid of saying it? Is there a common theme that's going on? Is it a particular set of subjects? Is it a particular colleague that really gets into your skin? Is it a particular team? Maybe a team that you work with indirectly? I think sometimes we can be really good with our own team because we've really worked at psychological safety and rapport building and all that. And it's an external team that brings us out of us. I want you to understand what the root causes are here. So track your passive aggressive behavior for a week, two weeks, three weeks, see how long it takes to get kind of an awareness of what's going on. And then have a look at what are the commonalities? What do you need to be watching out for yourself if you suspect that you have these passive aggressive tendencies? What are causing the frustrations? Where do you tend to micromanage your team's workload due to a lack of trust or avoid responsibility? Where do you rely on sarcasm? Maybe it is that you are passive aggressive if your emotions aren't in a good place, right? On a good day, you're doing fine. On a bad day, if you feel ashamed or conflicted, you fall into the passive aggressive track. What triggers that? What's going on personally that triggers this? Remember, it's all about checking our emotions. Recognizing these signs of a tendency towards passive aggressive behavior or what triggers it is that critical self-awareness piece that is foundational to us as leaders. Remember, I talk about awareness, both self-awareness and situational awareness is one of the three pillars of leadership. It is so incredibly important along, alongside strategy and communication. Those are the other two. I say everything else we do as leaders falls into awareness, strategy, and communication. You might disagree, but I see everything else falling into those three. And you can see here straight away that if we have the awareness to identify that we are falling into the trap, of passive aggressive behavior. We have awareness of the situation, which is causing us to feel negative. Like what are the commonalities? What is it about the situation uh, that's going on? Have that external awareness. And then how do you communicate, right? So two out of the three pillars are coming into play here. And quite often you'll find the strategy piece comes into play because you may well find your passive aggressive around things that are causing you angst because it's strategically important. Certainly once you've done the foundational work around letting go of being a passive aggressive on a day-to-day basis as a toolkit for getting things done, once it's a bit like me, it's kind of like an accidental thing, then it's really about the things that cause your anxiety. And for me, certainly, and I say a lot of my clients, it is those strategically important things and you don't see the needle moving. So strategy really comes in here too. One of the things I really advocate is using my tool, my executive presence tool, notice, pause, reframe. We do this all the time in my coaching. Notice the thing, pause, reframe it. So when you have an emotional, particularly a negative emotional response, reaction, you want to avoid resorting to the passive aggressive behavior. So you want to train yourself to notice the emotional trigger. That's the first thing. So you've done your homework to figure out what is commonly triggering you to get into this negative emotional space. You're going to then train yourself to notice. You might want to take a week, two weeks, three weeks, even a month to just notice. Nothing else, just notice. It's about squeezing that timeline from noticing 5, 10, 15 minutes later, 24 hours later, and going, oh gosh, I did that. Oh my gosh. 
squeezing that timeline down to in the moment. That takes practice, but you can do it. You can do the notice pause reframe works with anything when you're trying to level up your awareness. So you want to just every couple of times a day, maybe um, you might want to do this more if you've got the time, a couple of times a day go, when today did these things come up that trigger my negative emotional state? You're going to, every time you do that, you're training your brain to keep your awareness up in that area. You're looking for that negative reaction that you want to avoid resorting to passive aggressive behavior. So notice. Once you feel like you're noticing in the moment, then I want you to figure out the pause piece. The pausing is just giving yourself permission to breathe. What we're trying to do is bring your emotional state back down. We pause because things like cortisol and adrenaline only stay in your bloodstream between 30 and 90 seconds. They stay in your bloodstream because you keep generating them, because you keep focusing on that negative thing. If you can pause, step away emotionally from the thing that's causing that hormone release, it's spiking the anxiety up, you can change your mindset. But while you've got adrenaline cortisol running around your body attached to this negative emotion, adrenaline cortisol are great for certain things. But when they're attached to something negative, you're going to stay in that negative space. It's almost impossible to reframe at that point. So you're going to notice, and then you're going to slow down. You're going to step away. So breathing techniques are good. Sometimes writing down your frustration. If I'm in a meeting, I will sometimes just slow blink and take a deep breath in and deep breath out. And that for me now, after years of practice, that is enough for me to bring down my negative hormones, like unhelpful hormones. They're not, they're unhelpful in this moment. They're not negative. We need both adrenaline and cortisol. They're very good hormones for keeping us functioning. So we shouldn't make them negative and bad. But in this particular instance, they're not helpful. Bring those down and you'll start feeling a bit calmer. And then you want to reframe. You want to have a look at the situation and say to yourself, how can I think about this differently? Charlie over there is causing me a lot of frustration because he's not delivering on this work. How can I think about this differently? You know what? Charlie's overworked. We need to have a look at his workload. We need to help him learn how to prioritize. Sally is just ignoring this item in her inbox. And I do not know why. Maybe I need to have a chat with her about what she's afraid of. Make this less about you and your needs and more about them. Notice, pause, reframe. The three words I want you to remember on repeat, notice, pause, reframe. It's so, so incredibly important. This is going to help you letting go of the flight or flight response is coming from this negative situation at work. To some extent, our emotional reactions are because our brain is trying to keep us safe, right? It wants us to stay where we are. And having an emotional reaction to a person in front of us is a way for our brain to go, stay where you are, stay in your lane, right? Getting upset and angry is your brain pointing out that this is happening to you. Your brain wants to keep you safe. You just get to choose to not let this affect you, right? You need to let go of this response in the corporate setting. In this day and age, it is not very helpful. It was great at keeping us safe thousands of years ago when we were hunter and gatherers. Today, it's kind of terrible. And so we want to convince our brain to have a quick conversation. And you might be surprised at the, how notice pause refrain is so effective at challenging any, any negative emotion. But in this instance, I really want you to practice for a couple of weeks noticing, watching out for any passive aggressive behavior. I can guarantee if you're a human, you do it accidentally. I do, <laughs> right? I have not been intentionally passive aggressive for years now. 
but I will accidentally use some phrases and I'm more like to use them accidentally when I'm frustrated. So lean into notice pausing and reframing as these powerful tools. Watch out for sarcasm. Stay clear of it. It has no place in the workplace. I want to finish up with a mindset moment as always. That is why sarcasm isn't serving you. For many of us, sarcasm has been a reflex that's helped us deal with everyday life. The problem is that sarcasm always has someone at the sharp end of it. However great or not so great somebody's sense of humor is, no one deserves to be at the sharp end of anything at work. It's not what this is for. You're not a comedian, right? Sarcasm isn't achieving what you want it to achieve. Believe me, you might get short-term results, but the resentment is going to build and build and the situation you were trying to deal with will come back tenfold. Sarcasm has no place at work. It builds resentment, ambiguity. I, for one, half the time don't notice sarcasm, as I've said already, which held, held me back so much professionally until I realized that I had to ask clarifying questions. And you know how hard that is when somebody's being sarcastic towards you? It's just who I am. It's not my fault. <laughs> I'm still good at my job. Just because somebody's sarcasm doesn't seem to penetrate in the right way <laughs> doesn't mean I'm not capable of the job. I wasn't hired because of my ability to interpret somebody's sarcasm. I was hired because of my credentials as a leader, as a techie, as a programmer, not because of somebody's ability to send sarcasm my way that I interpret the right way. So don't assume everybody will realize what you're saying is sarcastic. And this particularly goes for non-native speakers of whatever language you're speaking in. But hey, I'm a native English speaker and I've only worked in English speaking workplaces and I still struggle. <laughs> Let it go. Leave it out of the workplace. You'll find better ways to resolve problems. And you'll find resolving issues is actually easier and more comfortable for you and your team if you let go of sarcasm. Navigating through the complexities of workplace dynamics, understanding things, addressing passive aggressive behavior in the workplace is crucial for having this healthy, productive work environment that we're all craving. For having a team that comes to you with legitimate challenges rather than hiding stuff from you because we're afraid of their response from you. You need to recognize the signs, understand potential causes, and implement strategies for situations where there is an unhealthy environment going on. Remember the notice, pause, reframe framework. Go through those steps. Bring down the period for the noticing. Practice the pause and then have a think about how you can reframe. And if you've got a coach, please bring this to your coach. It'll be 10 times faster, I promise you. You have to be mindful of people's communication styles. You have to be mindful of the pitfalls that you're going to fall into because of your blind spots. Ask for feedback. And remember to eliminate that sarcasm. Promote open, direct communication. And that way we can all have a more positive, happy workplace culture and let go of those negative effects of the passive aggression on morale, trust, and overall productivity. If you found this episode useful, please do share it with somebody that you think needs to hear this. <laughs> uh, I hope if you're hearing this after somebody shared it with you, don't take it the wrong way. Maybe that was a passive aggressive referral, but I think the more we can have this conversation openly in the workplace, the better. So please share this amongst anybody that you think would benefit from hearing any of the topics that we cover in this podcast. That is one of the best ways to support us and the last to keep providing you with this free great content every week. Until next time, remember, stay in your tech leadership game, follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech.